Welcome to Midi the Podcast, a modern day podcast designed to answer all of your weird and wonderful pregnancy and postpartum questions. I'm your host, Monique Maitland, qualified midwife and nurse, founder of the Midi Society, and someone who is about to become your personal in-pocket midwife and virtual best friend. The Midi Society is a community-based platform where we interview leading healthcare professionals, new mummers and everyday people who share with us their experiences and reveal what they wish they knew before becoming a parent. So buckle up for this crazy and exciting ride. I'll be talking all things tits, bits, spew and poo. Alright, let's get started. Today's episode is proudly brought to you by Training With Mates your local supportive fitness community that strengthens health, performance and lifestyle goals through expert coaching, fun and mateship. Exercising whilst pregnant can be a little bit daunting with most of us not knowing what we actually can and can't do. But with Training With Mates active mum classes, personalised programs and extensive knowledge about safe exercise in pregnancy, they can help you best navigate staying fit and healthy during pregnancy and in the postpartum period. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of MIDI. Um, I just have to start by saying, I know I do this all the time, but thank you, thank you, thank you for the love and support that you guys have given me so far. I'm honestly blown away. I'm feeling extremely grateful and humbled by how much support I've gotten. It's just, it's, it's honestly left me speechless and I, I just, I, yeah, I don't have any words, but thank you. Um, I guess it's what a journey so far. I'm, I, if you can't already tell, I'm seriously blown away. The support that I had with last week's interview was incredible and you know, it's so strange listening to your own voice all the time, but I went for a run the other day before I uploaded the episode and listened to the podcast. And honestly, I, once I finished listening to it, I got in my car and I just bursted into tears, not because I was sad, but I was just so happy. I was so grateful and just, I guess, proud of myself. I really hope that you know, that episode came across um, the way that I wanted it to and it will help some young mums and just mums in general with some of the things that we discussed. But yeah, I got in my car and I just sat there and took a deep breath and I just cried some happy tears. I just, yeah, I really am feeling so, so loved and honestly, it wouldn't be possible without all of you tuning in. So Thank you. So <laughs> enough of me rumbling, rumbling, rambling on about that. Um, what's going on with my life this week? I guess um, Melbourne lockdown. This is the first day of day five lockdown. Um, so just like everyone feeling a little bit bummed. But I guess when these things happen, you have two choices and that's either be really down, which I know a lot of us are, or try and find a positive. I look at these and think, hey, I'm just going to use this time to slow down and just reset because I was feeling a little bit burnt out with everything going on and work at the moment is just so busy. I can't even explain it. It's just every single day, 
it's <laughs> it's just an ongoing battle. Um, shout out to all the midwives and nurses and any healthcare professional because at the moment it is so, so tough and you're doing such an incredible job. So thank you for hustling for so long and just keep going. But yeah, other than that, my week's been pretty boring. I haven't really done much other than work and do the podcast. That's been taking up most of my time. Um, But yeah, today's episode is something that you know, it's a first for me again. Um, this is many, many firsts always with this new little venture. But I'm doing my first educational episode. So excited. I know I touched base briefly on what I was trying to achieve by these educational episodes. But basically, I'm a midwife, as you all know, and I'm going to provide you educational sessions. So short, sharp sessions to educate you on a topic um, that hopefully follows from an interview before, but otherwise I'm open to anything that you guys wish to hear about. So yeah, that's what I'm doing today. And I guess leaping straight into it after listening to my episode that I did with Toby. If you haven't listened to it, she's amazing. Go ahead and give it a listen. Um, But she mentioned how she actually didn't really understand what happens once your baby is born. So that initial postpartum post-birth period. So I decided that what would be more fitting than today's episode to be all about the immediate post-birth period, covering everything that happens from the minute your baby is placed onto your chest up until you are transferred to the postnatal ward. I feel like everyone has some sort of understanding about the birth of the baby and the labor and all of that. And then when it comes to the immediate post-birth period, it's a bit more of a blur. So I promise you after listening to this short, sharp episode, you'll be feeling a lot more confident. All right, so let's get straight into it. So you've birthed your beautiful little baby and they are put to your chest immediately once they're born. You're probably in shock that after all those hours of working so hard in labor, your baby is finally here. I see that on women's face women's faces and the men's faces like, oh my God, we have finally made it. But there's still a little bit more to come. And I think that's why there's a bit more of a shock to it because people don't realize that there's a few more tasks that us midwives have to do. So once your bubs has arrived into the world, there's a few things that us midwives are looking for. And that's one, how the baby is going Are they breathing and crying? Do they have good muscle tone or are they floppy, not well perfused and making no breathing efforts? That's the first thing that we're observing for immediately once bub is placed on your chest. The second thing we're looking for is we're actually looking at you, seeing if there's anything that we should be concerned about, um, but mainly we're looking at the immediate bleeding. If everything is looking well, bubs will stay on your chest, skin to skin for as long as possible. Um, For all births where there is no concern of the baby's well-being, delayed cord clamping will always be performed. So I guess the next thing is what does delayed cord clamping mean? 
So this usually means that we wait for a minimum of 60 seconds before the cord is clamped and cut. We usually wait until the cord has stopped pulsating. So what that means is us midwives, we actually feel the umbilical cord and wait until we no longer feel a pulse. So that's how we know that all that blood has been transferred to the baby. So delayed cord clamping, it increases the neonatal blood volume and it is actually associated with greater physiological benefit to the newborn. Um, if your partner wants to, this is where we offer them to cut the cord and it's probably one of my favourite times because, I don't know, personally, when you get to like take photos in a birth, it's just the funnest part of the job. Well, not the funnest part, but it's just so amusing because what I get the dads to do is always pose like with the scissors and you can just see that their eyes are like, oh my goodness, am I actually going to cut this? Like, what is that? But they love it. They absolutely love it and we get the perfect candid shot of them (laughs) cutting the cord but anyway getting back on track so if there is a concern for baby we will clamp and cut the cord as medically indicated and then your beautiful baby will be moved to the resuscitator for closer observation your baby will always be brought back to you skin to skin as soon as we're happy with everything. So they might be there for a couple of seconds or a couple of minutes and then they will come back to you. If there's any other concern, then obviously the medical management will kick in and other people will come and support your baby and your baby may have to be transferred out. But if all's going well, they will come back to you. Then moving straight along, what comes next is the delivery of the placenta or in a midwife's term, the third stage of labor. So let me explain to you what the third stage of labor is. So it's defined by the period from the birth of the baby until the birth of the placenta and membranes. So pretty much just the delivery of placenta. But I'll tell you these medical terms just so when you're in hospital, you can pick up on them and have some sort of information behind what they actually mean. So when we provide care during the third stage of labor, there is usually two not usually, there is two widely accepted options or care pathways provided to women. The first is a physiological pathway. And the second is an actively managed third stage. So this should be discussed with your healthcare provider um, and they will best support you and educate you in making the decision to which pathway you will go down. Um, I will explain this briefly, but I will also do a more detailed episode actually about this. Um, So this is just a brief little snapshot. So I guess by now you're probably thinking, what do these terms actually mean? So I'll explain them both to you now. So a physiological management of third stage refers to us not giving you any medication and Rather, it is actually up to the woman to birth her placenta. So she will either use gravity by sitting on like a stool or standing and the placenta will be delivered that way. We don't intervene at all. This happens if their pregnancy is low risk and their labor and birth has been low risk and we haven't identified there to be any increased risk of bleeding. Compared to this, we have the active management, which refers to us actually giving you a medication which helps the uterus contract in your thigh once bubs is delivered. So with that, we then wait for the placenta to separate and we actually deliver the placenta via 
controlled cord traction. So this is when your midwife or healthcare professional will pull on the cord, doing it safely of course, and help deliver the placenta that way. I feel that the main question when it comes to delivering the placenta that every person asks is, what is it going to feel like and will it hurt? And I always say to them, compared to delivering your baby, it is not going to be like that at all. You may feel some sort of pressure, but the placenta, without being too graphic, is it's an organ, but it has no bones. So it's quite soft and squishy. And yeah, when it gets to the introitus, so the like where the opening of the vagina is, you you wait, you may feel that pressure there and then it's a very quick delivery of the actual placenta and membranes. Um, so I hope that answers your question. It's obviously not going to be pain-free as you will be feeling a little bit uncomfortable from the birth itself. Um, but yeah, that's the best way that I can explain what it is like. The actual delivery of the placenta, it can be really quick, but for some people, it actually takes a bit of time for the placenta to separate. So just be prepared for that. And obviously, if your placenta isn't separating, then we may have to escalate that to the doctors and then they will decide whether or not your placenta can be delivered in the birth suite or you may have to go to theatre for that to be delivered. Then once your placenta is delivered, we do what we call a fundal rub. So your fundus is the top of the uterus and basically midwives do a fundal rub to make sure that your uterus is feeling firm and central. So if it is not firm and central, you're at increased risk of bleeding. So that's the reason why we do it. But people have no idea that this happens and it can be quite uncomfortable. So it's important for it to be done properly and get it over with quickly. This fundal rub will then be part of all of your postnatal checks. So we'll continue to check your fundus and make sure that it still continues to stay firm and central because like I said, if it's not, then we are concerned for any additional bleeding. After we're happy that the fundus is firm, we then will inspect for tears. So this is done really briefly just to identify if we can see any tears. However, it may be a little bit uncomfortable as you will be very sensitive down below and depending on what pain relief options you have on board, it may be more uncomfortable for some than for others. If we have identified that there are some tears, we pretty much get you set up to be sutured so stitched up straight away because sometimes you can be bleeding from this area and we want to prevent the amount of blood loss that's occurring um, so we will identify and escalate to whoever, whoever is going to do the suturing and all we do is which people don't realize and Toby did touch on this is we put your legs into stirrups so they're parts of the bed that go up and your legs go into them and you know, it is quite confronting for some having just given birth and then having to pop your legs up in stirrup and be have your vagina and all your bits and bobs on display. I promise you that no medical person is going to be looking at you thinking, oh my goodness, it's part of our day-to-day -day routine, but it can be quite confronting for you when you feel already a little bit vulnerable. So that will happen. We'll make sure that there's adequate lighting as well, which also may not help feeling like your, your bits down there are also still in the firing line of the perfect lighting. Um, but that's what we need to do to ensure that everything is being checked 
properly. Um, so once you get sutured up, then we put your legs back down and we get you all comfortable to establish the first breastfeed. So the breast, this is if you're choosing to breastfeed. If you're not, that's okay. We'll just establish the first feed anyway. The one thing that I always tell parents at this point is your first breastfeed, it, I always say it's like an entree. So it's your practice round. You know, once you get more comfortable, then the main meals will start kicking in. But please, please, please do not be hard on yourself with how your baby breastfeeds in that first feed. You know, there's a lot happening and... Um, we like to leave baby initiating the feeds, but sometimes we do have to assist and just, yeah, make sure that you are you know that this is the first feed and it's never going to be perfect. So it's the entree and it's not the main meal. Whilst your baby is breastfeeding, if you have consented for baby injections, so we give vitamin K and hepatitis B is our routine baby injections um, and this will be done whilst your baby is breastfeeding, mainly because their sucking is a comfort for them. So we all know that getting a needle can be a little bit painful. So we prefer to do it whilst they are breastfeeding and if they are comfortable there. And I promise you these babies won't remember getting these needles. During this time as well, we also will be checking out you and your baby. So doing observations that includes like your blood pressure, those fundal rubs, check your bleeding, make sure that you're not bleeding anymore. But also we check out baby, their breathing, their heart rate and their temperature. Once we're happy that baby is fed and all settled, then we get onto the weight of the baby. And this, my goodness, this... The weight of the baby is the first thing that everyone asks and this is just a brief disclaimer to everyone that we do not do the weight until right now once the breastfeed is done. Even when parents send like the messages to their friends, the first thing they reply is how much did the baby weigh? But we do not weigh the baby until after the first feed. So we can make a rough guesstimate but we do not know until this point. So then we do the baby's weight and depending on the hospital they'll also either do the baby's length and head circumference at this point. Some hospitals wait 48 hours to allow the baby to stretch and I guess their head can be more swollen from the birth so we just let everything settle and then they do it then but also some hospitals can do it immediately post-birth. During this time we are also doing our initial newborn check. So basically all we do is just check the baby out from top to toe, front to back and make sure there's no obvious things that are going wrong. Then once we've done all of this, it is time to dress your baby and it is also one of my favorite times because this is usually where your partner or support person will dress your little bubba when the midwife is about to get you up and ready for a shower. So one thing that I would say is get your first outfit organized. So what you would need is a singlet, usually one that doesn't have any arms, a onesie, a nappy and a wrap and a beanie too. I always say to the person that's dressing the baby that please, please do not be scared putting the singlet over the baby's head. This is luxury. Just remember what they've just been through and what they've squeezed out of. A stretchy singlet is not going to hurt them at all and you cannot do it wrong. 
I usually leave the support person to do this by themselves for a little bit and let them learn. But it is just so funny to see some who do it so quickly and some who I could legit leave for like 15 minutes and come back and the baby is just unchanged. Um, But it's all part of the learning. So just know that that is normal. Now, whilst all of that is happening, the midwife that is with you usually helps you organize everything for your first shower. So you need a toiletry bag, an outfit and your maternity pad. That's pretty much it, but it's always handy to have them really close by so you can just put your hands on them straight away. When you go to the bathroom for your shower, if you feel like you need to do a wee, we usually will measure your wee to make sure that your bladder and everything is still functioning well. So that's just another thing to be prepared for that we will measure your wee in a little pot or pan. (laughs) Just all the fun of having a baby, hey? When you're in the shower, your midwife is being a little buzzy bee and getting all of your paperwork sorted. So by the time you're done in the shower, you will then be ready to be transferred to the postnatal ward where you'll be for the remainder of your time in hospital. So I guess that concludes the immediate post-birth period. Um, That is everything that will happen. Obviously, there can be a few additional things depending on emergency management. But that is your generic outline of what happens in the immediate post-birth period. (laughs) That is such a hard word to say. Um, But I really hope that that helped you gain some understanding and some clarity of what to exactly expect in that period. Um, If you have any other questions that you want me to answer, please, please feel free to send me a message, whether that's on Instagram or via email. Um, I will definitely respond. Thank you all so much again for tuning in and supporting me. It means the absolute world. I know I say that all the time, but it really does. Um, I hope you have a great week and I will definitely be speaking to you soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode of MIDI. Your support means the absolute world to me. So if you loved this episode and want to stay up to date with the latest interviews and midwifery education, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For further information about this episode, please check the show notes below. If you wish to share your pregnancy and motherhood experience, you can get in touch with me by emailing hello at themidisociety.com.au and find us on Instagram at at themidisociety or at Monique underscore Maitland. I cannot wait for you to join me next week. I'll be talking all things flap chat. In the meantime, I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, you're doing the best you can. Oh,